and we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Mark Davison. Mark, how you doing? That was a that was a full on part one. Loved it. That was pretty fun. You have, you have fun saying that every week, don't you? Touch Down Under. Down Under. <laughs> Man, Dad like did not do a good job of that last week. <laughs> Touch down down under. Under. <laughs> I'm sorry. We could we could just do a whole talk about that, but uh, that's fun. You know, uh, every week you get to have the old you know touchdown under, which makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I offer it to you all the time, and you don't do it. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, you're such a good leader. You know, I'm just that I'm that bell cow back, man. You're the quarterback, and I just want to run it forward and just head into the O line and just bowl people over. If I was like 150 kilos, which I'm not, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're the you're the quarterback, mate. You're you're slinging the rock around here. I don't know about that. I don't <laughs> know about that. But anyway, let's crack in to the next part we wanted to talk about with the draft, uh, day two and day three. So, how we're going to do this? And we want the, obviously the live chat feed in, jump in. We're going to start with the. It's all around the picks that we are open to the Steelers picking in terms of the positions, not necessarily the players, but really keen to get your thoughts on that, rather than you know, the picks, the positions that we don't want them, you know, to be drafting. So, Mark, day two, right? Let's let's assume the Steelers have taken, because you and I have both picked a position now, right? So, let's assume the Steelers have taken Najee Harris. What are the positions that you're open to them picking on, on day two? Well, you've got to go offensive line. I think, it's, I, think, I think it's one or two or the other. So, if you go offensive line the first round, you have to go running back. If you go running back, you have to go offensive line. Uh like I said, not a big draft guy, but that position, you have to – a lot of guys are leaving, left tackle. Our center's not there. This is going to be a new – kind of like a new offensive line for Big Ben. So maybe we need someone else there for depth. Um, he'd be, they'd be one of my picks at 55, I believe. So would you would you agree on that? If you, got a, if you went running back, you have to go offensive line, or was there another need before that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think – you can't. You, you do if you, if you're thinking. See, if you'd said center there, I would have said maybe you can go get a tackle instead. But if you say offensive line, yeah, unless unless there's a massive run on cornerbacks, right? And then and you've started to see the O line, you know, fall back a bit. But I don't think it will. I think there are. I think almost every team in the NFL at the moment has some needs in that O line. I mean, you look at Kansas City, right? That. The, the only line they've put together now after that trade with the Ravens for Orlando Brown. Most of the guys on that line are really old. Like they've pulled, you know, Carl Long out of retirement kind of thing. So there's, uh, I mean, and it's, it's one of those areas of the field like defensive line, you know, where or linebacker where you can always use additional support. Um, so I do, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of offensive um, draft picks coming out, you know, offensive line draft picks coming out. Um you know, in this draft. So, yeah, I think you're right. If you go running back, you got to go offensive line. But my question to you is, are you going to go center or are you going to go tackle? Oh, that's a big question. That's <laughs> Why are you trying to make me think? That's a huge question. Well, I don't know. The, actually, I don't know the draft talent. But I, but I believe if, if Big Al's leaving us, then you might have to go left tackle. Would that not yeah. make sense to try and fill that void? Well, that's it. That's it. But it's it's also do you do you look at that? Do you look at day three? Is there someone that's going to make it there after the third round? You know, and that, and that's the question you're going to start like that we've got to start asking ourselves. So flip side for me, obviously I've picked center for round one. So I've picked Creed Humphrey. 
then that opens it up because if Javante's off the board, I'm going right. I'm actually going to go a cornerback, or I'm going to get the best inside linebacker in the draft, or I'm going to get that if there's a a tackle that I think is you know early second round grade, I'm going to go after him. Um, I'll tell you a few positions I'm not going to go though. I'm not going to go wide receiver. I'm not going to go tight end. You know, I'm not going to go punter or kicker, obviously. Um, and I'm not going to go defensive line. But I would be open to edge rush if, if the ed- edge rushes are falling. But I just I just don't think they will be on, on day two, particularly second round. Just a question, Matty. Is a tight end a forgotten uh, draft stock? Is it Not many teams draft tight ends, do they? It's a very hard one to get right, isn't it? Like, a lot of receivers can almost turn into tight ends. You don't see too many big tight ends coming off the board besides Kyle Pitts. But I haven't well, like we haven't got an answer at tight end. But I don't think we really need. You can you can find them through free agency, um, undrafted uh, guys in practice squads. I don't think it's that. that how the the NFL is forming at the moment. What are, what are your thoughts around that position being a high commodity in the draft? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and it's something that when I've been doing some research for the Steelers War Room, it's interesting when you read these profiles about the tight end position because I think Bad and I talked about a little bit about it, you know, last week is that you've got. It might have been when we were off air. But it at the times you've got the guys that catch the football and then you've got the guys that block really well. And there's very rarely the guys that do both because if you look at the way they're used, right? Like even if you look at – think about the curtain call this week with uh, Jeffrey Bennington and Michael Beck where they looked at – they spoke to the Ohio State guys and they looked at a guy like Luke Farrell who was a tight end there who can catch but predominantly blocked. And when you look at how, you know, the, the sort of spread offenses that occur through college, the tight ends are most are not really asked to do. They're more asked to block than they are to, to catch. If they're asked to catch, they're not really asked to block. So that's the disparity when you go through these draft profiles. And there's the guy out of Penn State, Fryermuth, who's probably the best hybrid of both. There's a guy I like really late, um, John Bates out of Boise State. There, I think he can do both as well. But it's like you say, and you know, you could probably get him in round. You know, anything from round five onwards, you, you could even be sitting there in round seven, believe it or not, depending on way things, the way things go and are projected to go. But I think you're right there, Mark. You can go get that in, in, in the undrafted sense. Like there's a guy, I think he's BYU, Matt Bushman, great blocking tight end, um, but you can probably get him undrafted, really. Like, so why are you going to spend draft capital on it? And I think that's the interesting thing that you say there. And, you know, where's that position going in the NFL? And it depends on your offense. And, I think for Steelers fans, we can see these names like a Freemuth or a Brevin Jordan, who I also like out of Miami. He was in my first um, more room, more room show. And, you know, part of me still wants to pick him in the third round, or that's where I would trade some picks next year to get, to get more additional capital. Cause he, you know, can do, I think more than what Ebron does and we can have them both for a while and open up the weapon for Ben. But the thing is, is that without seeing a Matt Canada offense, I think Steelers fans would be a bit upset, even if it anyone else apart from Kyle Pitts, you'd be a bit upset to see the Steelers use capital in days one or two on a tight end position. And I think at a wider NFL level, it's it's hard to draft a tight end out of college because you just don't have it'll be hard to have that confidence that they can do the full gamut of what you need a tight end to be able to do. Well, you've got you've got the blokes like, you know, George Kittle and guys like that and Ebron and, and really specialized tight ends. But that's why I asked the question. I was like, do these tight ends really come out of the draft um, ready to be number one or to, to be a game changer? And I feel like if you have an Ebron or a George Kittle, then you have a, a guy like on, a, on our roster, Kevin Rader, 
he can be that second guy. Like they almost like the, like back in the day with Matt Spath, it was always uh, Heath Miller was the guy who caught all the balls, and Matt Spath was the, was the blocking guy. No, you never really saw him catch catch many uh, receptions and and move the ball forward. But he did the dirty work. But I find you can probably find a lot of tight ends who can do that dirty work, and then have that key number one piece while you have on the outside. You still have four or five receivers who can do different things with Deontay Washington and Juju. So that's that's why I thought the the NFL. They, a lot of teams do like to use two tight ends, um, and tight ends are becoming part of the game. But then, how does the draft come into that? And you've, you've, you've answered my question, so that's awesome. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. <laughs> um, day, okay, so we talked a little bit about day two. We've talked a little bit more around with the 55th pick. Okay, so you've got Najee Harris in there. You've got offensive line. Did you and did you pick a tackle or let's just don't have to give me a name? But did you pick tackle or center? We'll, we'll go left tackle. If Al's going to go, you've got to replace him somehow. All right, so, so you're replacing him with like a Jalen Mayfield or a Liam Eikenberg yep. or someone like he's that. He's my he's my new best mate. He's the better he's the better uh, Mayfield. Okay, right. So you pick Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan there. Okay, so what are you doing with the third round pick? Pick number eighty-seven. Well, what position? This, this you have to go defense, right? Wow. Well, okay. So, so you've got you're going running back, tackle, and then you're flicking over to the defense. Would you Would you go offense for all three? Well, this is and this is the point I think is interesting. You bring up, and that's why I'm bit, like to to Steelers fans. Do we really think the Steelers are going to go first? Like. First three picks of the draft without picking defense. I mean, I mean, and this is what we said before about round one. That's interesting. I've seen a lot of a lot of different mocks of people that supposedly have inside knowledge. Where Azizo Jalari is sitting there when the Steelers pick or Quiddy Pay. Do you really think the Steelers are going to be able to skip on a guy like Quiddy Pay out, out of Michigan or Azizo Jalari? Like I talked about him in the uh, with the Raiders pick on the mock draft. Like he's a he's a brute. He's him off the edge is just a, a wrecking machine. So, if if a guy like that comes on on the uh, on the edge and he can rush the passer, you got to bring him into the the defense for a bit of depth. And yet the seventeen game schedule, you know how what's going to happen. There's more more guys going to get injured. Um, what I kind of steer clear of now, I'm not too sure if they will bring a guy in for for linebacker because Vin, Vinny Vince William is back. You've almost got four there at depth. I'm pretty sure. Um, with, with other guys, with uh, Spillane, Bush, and well, you might bring in a, another guy. I'm not sure. I really don't know. I don't know if you bring a guy behind Alex Highsmith now. Is he you're going to be your, your star right. on the right? So he's in his second year as well. And the Steelers don't normally do that. They tend to, you know, so, uh, get their get their linebackers in a in a motion for three or four years. Yeah, and so I think that's an interesting one with 87 because if I'm looking at the, your picks right now, right? So you got your Najee Harris there, and you got your tackle, right? And then you look at center, and there's a guy like Trey Hill out of Georgia sitting there in round four. There's a few other guys at that center position. Does Qu- Quinn Miners fall back a bit, um, and what have you? Is Landon Dickerson still sitting there because you know injury clouds? I've said it on on War Room. I've said it a couple of times in different podcasts, and I've said it at nth degree on the Slack channel. I really like Cameron McGrone out of Michigan there at the linebacking position to pair with Bush. Um, you know, he's young and what have you. So, and if I look at the picks you've made, I, I sort of think perhaps Cameron McGrone can sit there as you know as being that pick. Is there a cornerback there? There could be safeties will fall in this draft, and there's a lot of day two talent there. 
Um, there's a couple of, there's some day one talent that will fall into day two. So yeah, we could go defense, but with, with defense, who, who are you going to pick Mark? What position? Well, that, that's, that's what I mean. That's, that's the tough, the, the tough one. I would like to see a guy off the edge, but like, I'm, I'm not a draft expert, so I don't know who it's going to be. But yeah, but, you could but, get a. But I just look back. I just look back then at the the 2020 draft, and we went receiver, outside linebacker, and running back. So I'm just so confused at all. I want it to really happen, but I think if you go a guy on the defense, it's not going to be a starter for for the third pick. But it's someone we need to rally behind. And will they, will they sit behind TJ Watt? Will we get um, maybe someone behind Alu Alu? What's going to happen with his contract? And he's he's getting long on the tooth as well. So do they – and same with Cam Haywood. And even to the point, Stefan, to it, these big fellas up front have been there a long time. Maybe we might need to get someone in there for a bit of depth, um, for a bit of rotation. We have seven blokes there. Do you go cornerback? But we don't really draft cornerback that well. And are the top guys already off the list and we can't grab them? Uh, safety, do we help do we get safety with Terrell? Is is Minka our guy and maybe someone, even some of our special teams? I'm, or who fills in that role for Mike Hilton? My my mate who went to the Bungles. Uh, yeah, this, this, we could almost go back a few shows. I remember we had a lot of questions, a lot of questions, a little answers. This is, this, this is the very point leading to the draft now. So many questions and we haven't got that answer until it happens. But like, who, who do you go on day three? You've had, O-line, correct? And who did you go uh, for your second Yeah, pick? so day two. So I've gone O-line, um, and then I didn't. I technically haven't picked yet. Oh. <laughs> I haven't picked it yet on, on day two. I think with that position, um, I'm going to assume that Asante Samuel is off, is off the board there. So at 55, I'm probably picking a – what did I go? Creed in the first. I'm going to go a, someone like a Liam Eichenberg or a um, – or if Cosme's there, you know, because we all know I said I, I would rather get him in round one, I'd go with Jalen Mayfield as well. Um, <laughs> Swiss cheese rusted double HH. So let's just say I go tackle two. Let's go, I go tackle two, right? So then I'm sitting there at 87. And then it's like, is Trey Sermon coming off the board now? Is Do I go get a Cameron McGrone? Will he fall? You know, there could be a Chaz Surratt there. I agree with you, the mark, though. Is at what point are we going to draft start drafting a defensive player? Because it just would be very interesting for the Pittsburgh Steelers to draft three offensive players. Um, but I like the opportunity in the fourth. So yeah, I think at the, at the second I'm picking that tackle position, that pick number 87 becomes really interesting. And, and I'm glad you brought up safety as well, because there are some good safeties in this draft. And no matter what people think, if that's not a position of need. It is, it is in my mind, we have two guys that we're going to have to pick up that decide on picking up their fifth-year options of. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be relying on next year's draft for safeties. Guys like James Wiggins will be there in the third or the fourth. Um, there's a guy, um, Jamar Jefferson as well. I, I talked about him on War Room this week. I really like him. Israel Mukaumu, I know I just butchered his name up, but he's he's day two talent that if you can pick him up early on day three, and I know we're talking about more around the third round pick right now, but if you can do that, pick him. Uh, there's there's some options there, you know, for the Steelers. So I, I like the idea of that, that that safety position. I just probably not day two. I think you can get one in day three. But that's that's a great point, but it might be safety because we don't, you know, we've had Edmonds for a while now. He's coming into, is it next year with Edmonds that his contract needs to be fixed? Right, so... Maybe you know five years into we we get it we get a safety this year, 
and then they and then you you start to play him in the in the second year. But 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 what about the shock of right? And then <laughs> it's been sitting here for a couple of days. The the um the stir in me has been thinking about this. If Trevor, I think his first name is Trevor. If Morig is sitting there in back in just moving back to round one, if if Morig is sitting there when the Steelers pick, because uh, you know there's thoughts that he'll go to he'll go to Jacksonville, or if he falls, the Ravens will definitely pick him up. Like he's one of the players that 100 has a you know a round one draft grade on him. Do you sit there and you go? What do we do with him? We've lost some guys at the cornerback position. Do we flex Terrell Edmonds around? Like, that's a question the Steelers will have to sit there. If you're talking best player available and sit there and go, can we leave him off the board? Because he's a guy that I think could be as low as like being drafted, projected at the moment into something like 15 and then, you know, falls, you know, where, where the Ravens are there at 28. So I think it's it's interesting when we, when we talk about that from the safety position. And that's why I do really think they're going to have to address this you know, in, in day three there, or, you know, potentially there's someone that's top value, do it at the end of day two, move back into day two, um, you know, if you need to. Yeah, I agree. I'm just, I just can't wait till it's on. So we can have like, you know, 24 seven coverage of the uh, AFL draft, the NFL draft. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, it's just one more step to the, the process with the football getting back together. And throughout all our shows, like, don't listen to me guys. I'm probably the least person listening about the draft. But everyone else on behind the steel curtain knows what they're talking about. But we have varied opinions everywhere. I want to go running back. Uh, Maddie wants to go airline center. We have these discussions all the time, and they're great. But it will be fun and final when we get the, the last say and we go, oh, here we are, number 24. We have Najee. Let's roll with him. Or we get this uh, center, or we get these guys start to form. Then we can really start to see what this team's going to be. Because I think. You know, there's been speculations about this team that they're going to be an eight-win team, seven-win team. I don't see it. I really don't see it. I see them competing for the North. And this is where, yeah, we got let down last year. We put a team together, grab some, you know, maybe out of, we've got eight draft picks. Yep. Maybe not all those eight are key players, but we get three or four out of there that can contribute to the team next year. And obviously it has to be in the first few rounds. Uh, we'll get a guy like Dotson in the fourth and those kind of guys. Then, look. We've got a good chance, hopefully, to win a Super Bowl. That's the end goal. This is where it all starts. That's it. That's it. Oh. So before we ask Just Me's question, my final question, and, and now we're open. So audience, as always, throw in your questions. Let's do it thick and fast to close out the show. We know Snowman will jump in there right at the end as well. Um, but, Mark, do the Steelers – do the Steelers draft a punter in the seventh round? You know, we've got, we're like, we've got pick number 254. The 254, would you be open to the Steelers drafting a punter? The biggest reason I would say that is I would say no, because if you can find them, you can find guys like that and those special team guys through competition when they're leading into the, the undrafted guys and through training camps. You're not going to waste a pick on punter. You're going to have a guy you think you can develop into creating into a good um, defensive guy or, you know, a special hybrid. Uh, guy, linebacker, you're not going to waste a pick and give a guy, oh, hey, mate, here's a job, and you just kick the ball. No. These guys who want to make who want to make the team have to go through the avenues of being undrafted and have, have competition and then trying to beat out Barry. Yep. 
Well, I mean, this is it, though. Like you're you're the Berry fan, so you know you want um you know you I'm want just, to I'm keep just an there. Australian fan. Look, if I would, if I had the chance to kick a ball and make millions of dollars and then and watch my team play from the sidelines, he's got the best view for free. Let's think about that, guys. The punter Berry has the best view on the sidelines. We're all fans, but he's he's got the number one ticket. And he punts four times a game, and he's got look, he's watching the game. <laughs> he doesn't do anything else. <laughs> But imagine that. It cost me $300 for a ticket, uh, you know, um, uh, up in the sidelines there. But Barry's got a free ride. I would love that. As a Pittsburgh fan, I would love to live in that to live in that city for a year or four, four or five years. He's watching every game. He's seeing Tom Brady. He's seeing, he's seeing um, you know, like Patrick Mahomes. seeing all these stars. And he's kicking a ball. What, what a job. <laughs> oh, classic. Matty, you know it's true. I do, I do, because most Aussies can kick a ball like we just can. We can kick a ball. You like it? It's in our blood. It's just. I can kick a. I can kick a rugby ball like even I've been kicked one in a couple of years. I could probably kick. I could still kick one thirty-five meters torpedo, and that's like how many yards is that? Right, like. No, no, four hundred. It just goes, it just goes straight up, mate. That's what we do. That's the NFL balls go way longer. I remember when we were in grade eight. Um, so what is that? Is that middle school over there, junior high? I, I always get that oh, mixed up, oh, whatever right. it is. Anyway, someone th- had an NFL ball they were throwing around, and you know, it's around, and we, and we were kicking it like AFL style, and we we're kicking it like way down the field. It was, it was ridiculous. You know, no wonder there's all these Aussie punters, but anyway, we've had just me's question up there for a while. What is the strangest animal that you've seen in the streets or wild in Australia, Mark? Can- can you go first? Because I'm still thinking about mine. Do you have one in, yeah, in your yeah. mind? Yeah, I once, when I lived in, in a, you know, and I lived much closer to the city, inner city, like, you know, 10-minute drive max into the heart, which is actually really close when you're in Australia, but, like, really close to the capital city, a five-minute drive, you know, depending on traffic. And I looked out my window one day, and there was a guy, and it's not a crazy animal, but there was a guy walking his goat like a dog. I don't know. I don't know about you. I just I just seen that you've got this like capital city, like Sydney, um, and someone's walking that, around their goat, like just down the down the road. It's just one of the funniest yeah. things I've ever seen. It was just really, it's really random. It's just that's yeah, that's hilarious. normal, Maddie. Um, the strangest thing I can say for an animal, I'm going to bring it back to, like you know, uh, down under in Australia we have spiders, and they, we have like massive ones. Um, they're pretty much everywhere. Wherever you look, they're they're hiding somewhere. They're they're in your clothes, but. I've got two stories with a spider because I guess I've got a, a fear of spiders or a lot of people in Australia do. Um, I've had a, a spider story where I have been driving my car and I've seen the spider crawl up my uh, windscreen on the, on the uh. inside and I, ha- and I was driving 70 kilometres, which is about a uh, – I was driving 70 kilometres. I don't know how much of this in miles. Might be 100 miles. I'm not sure. 50. No, no, no. It would be less, sorry. But I was driving 70 kilometres and the spider was crawling along and I had to grab a Macca's bag, McDonald's bag, and squish it against the, the window while I was driving. Because I didn't want that thing falling on me while I was driving. And it was pretty big, right? So I've had that happen to me. I've had one where I put uh, uh, my shirt on, and on the inside of my shirt. Oh, uh, no, nah, stop, stop, please stop. I, I put it, I've, I've got one more then. I put it on, <laughs> and I went, oh, there's a, there's a spider in there. And I threw it straight off. And I was like, the guy's there everywhere. My last one, when I was at the gym recently, about two months ago, I was riding on the bike, and then this huntsman. If you guys look up huntsman, they're the size of your head. They're that they're that big. I had I had my feet strapped into the bike, and I'm riding along. I always try and do 10k's, 15k, trying to go as hard as I can. And then I see this huntsman crawl up the bike, 
and I fell off because it like freaked me out. It was huge. It was so big. It was a massive spider. So I haven't got any strange animals. I've just got a lot of spider stories that I've seen. I had one crawl. I hate spiders, right? I had one crawl up my leg, a huntsman. It was it was like a growing hunt when I wasn't full. But he grew, crawled on my leg at school um, and I flicked him off and then he jumped back on my leg and then I flicked him off again. And I must have – then I jumped on him like about 25 times. Oh, it was like six years old or something. And I, ever since then, I like, hate him, absolutely hate him. It's just nuts. What? But they're everywhere in Australia. Like I've I've had another like Mike says here, what's a what's a pretty big spider for y'all? Well, basically, pretty big is for me is when it's the size of my hand. Now I've seen yeah. that a few times where I've seen it in, in my house or other people's houses and hunts like that. But I've had one when I've jumped into the pool and I put my hand over the, the lip of the pool and there's a spider under there. They're I, they're just everywhere. Like and they, they do say that, you know, apparently you, you eat them when you sleep or something. Someone said they're alive. Yeah, so. awful. I guess we're, we're not really uh, uh, spider fans here down under. We're not really the, the old. We're not from the bush. We probably, if we were from the bush, we wouldn't be. We wouldn't even get reception. We never. We haven't got Wi-Fi yet out there. They're still on black and white TV. <laughs> uh, I want to bring up Thaddeus's question: Is there a player you would trade on draft day, like Martavius Bryant draft day trade? Mark first. Would you do it? Is there someone? I'm not really. I'm not really sure. It's always if you trade one of your, one of your best players, and you're not too sure who you're going to get out of that, are you? That, that's a that's a great point. Um, I'm happy with the team we we have so far. Now, I, I'm not, not even sure if any ever any of the players, receivers, defensive guys, even have trade value. People are saying trade Mason, but is he does he have value? You know, what, you know, what I'm saying do some like the Steelers. I think are in a good spot just to draft uh, players and and see where they go from that. Not overly. Be too fancy and, and trade their guys away. Jeff would like to see us trade Jordan Berry, so I'm just in public public favor there, he's for o- Jeff. Look, he's okay. He's okay. He's, he's doing his job. Like I said, I would be happy to watch games. He gets eight free games a year, and he sees all the t- <laughs> gets to go around America and gets paid like a million bucks. What a job! <laughs> <laughs> um, but honest answer for you there, Thaddeus. I would um, trade Benny Snell. Um, you know, trade. Who else? Who else have you got sitting there? Um, I would have said you could do something with the cornerback position, but we've lost. We've lost a few of those guys. You know, I've said this. You know, in a, I think one of the Slack channels, if you can get a second pick out of this, or you can get a third and then a fifth, because remember we don't have a fifth. Trade James Washington. Now people are going to go, oh wow, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, we, we don't need to do that. But like. I'm open to seeing what they what they can do with some of their guys there. Like if someone came in and did a blockbuster trade for Ebron, do it. Like I, I just think that there's some there's some opportunities here. Trade BJ Finney for a, a fifth. I don't, like he, you know, particularly if you draft your center there. Like, and this is the thing. I think it you're not going to see a player. The Steelers are not going to be drafting someone up the board. Um, you know, in that round one. But if they start drafting guys into key positions, it it opens up the possibility at least. And, you know, if there, if Matt Canada hadn't come in, I would have said you could have traded a guy like Jalen Samuels. But again, is he really going to be worth much draft capital? Probably not. So this is the thing. And Mark, you bring up Mason Rudolph. I don't think the Steelers are in a position where they can trade Mason Rudolph. 
Haskins is not there ready to go. Josh Dobbs is holding the clipboard and is a camp body, if anything else. Um, even if he sits there through the, through the season and he's like a, having a scouting, an extra scout on your roster kind of thing um, that might open up to a couple of trick plays every now and again throughout the season. So I don't think we're in a position because we don't have a backup QB and we're in so many other needs in this draft. And unless, you know, although I am really open, we didn't get to go too deep into day three. I'm open. If uh, Jamie Newman's sitting there at the start of day three, do something to get him. Um then yeah, you could you could see some of the trades for those different guys. Port Nakwemba, blockbuster. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> bring that back up. Yeah, Brock, blockbuster and Ebron are two words that should be used in the same sentence. You just got to stay. You got to stay on his feet. Whenever he caught the ball, he just falls over. He's a, he's a good he's a good catcher. He's a good runner. Kind of like that. Uh, he's kind of like that video, that video chain that went bust. <laughs> Oh, Blockbuster. Yeah, they're long gone. Same they with, fell same down. With video, <laughs> same with Video Easy. They're all gone. Sorry, guys, if you own that, if you're a businessman, they're gone. We had a super <laughs> chat, Matty Dent. Yeah, chat. bring it up, bring it up. Sean, um, Sean brings us $2 in the tip jar. If we don't go RB and we can't find one, do we get one in free agency? It's an interesting question. There's not many guys left sitting there in free agency that are that are really worth bringing in. Um, and also, there's guys late. Like, there's a guy I really like. I previewed him in the war room about three or four weeks ago. There's a guy, um, Jamar Jefferson, out of Oregon State. Really tough, little gritty little running back there that can, you know, paired with a McFarland or, you know, if you're doing Jalen Samuels with some H-back stuff, if you pair him with another. Like, I did a mock draft um, yesterday, actually, where I picked two guys really late. I picked a fast, explosive guy um, out of the guy out of Virginia Tech, I think it was, or you can pick one of the guys out of like Louisville. And then I paired him with Jamar Jefferson. So I get someone that's more speedy and I get someone that's more gritty. Um, I'd be more open to see the Steelers do something like that than bring in someone in free agency because all the good guys are pretty much gone now. I'll tell you who you bring in. You bring in the leading number three rusher, Frank Gore. (laughs) That's who you bring in. You bring him in to get that man a championship. I don't care if he runs twice, three times. I don't care if he's holding the pad. That guy needs a championship. Imagine working 17 years and then you, you don't get you don't even get a pen. Put 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 your money where your mouth is. Would you buy <laughs> a Frank Gore jersey? To steal oh yeah. Buddy Ofo would. He's he's a legend. Like he just keeps going. I'm not even sure if he's signed yet, but if he signs with the Steelers and he like this, you know, let him play what 50 downs, 75 downs, get that man a championship. Thaddeus says, Matty, how about we trade Alawalu to Jacksonville? He doesn't want to go there, Thaddeus. We need him <laughs> back. And also, also, then we've got to draft one. Like, I really like some of the prospects that are late and, and taking a punt on some of the late prospects. Like, there's a guy like Lorenzo Neal who's done nothing for two years in college, but it was, like, going to be a top 30 pick um, before that. So do you use a seventh on him and try and get him back to his best? Because I think if he comes off, he'll be a lot better than Carlos Davis Jr. Sorry, bad. Your son might not last in the Steelers. Um, but, you know, th- that's the question there. So, But I like Thaddeus's point, though. You know, are there other players that you can look around that fringe to sort of trade? You know, does Chris Wormley go up? You know, for some teams, you know, do they want someone like a Chris Wormley? No one went really for him in free agency. So... You know, it's these are what this is what's going to be interesting. What if you get what if someone says to you, We'll give you a, a late day three pick or a, a fourth rounder for Robert Spillane? You know, you, you have to sit there at that point and go, Well, hang on a second. Like, 
this is pretty this is pretty good value at someone on a minimum. All right, Snowman with the the usual, but we always are appreciative. Five dollar super chat to close out the show, and this show has gone incredibly quickly today. Mark, I'm going to ask this of you. What do you think of Justin Lane getting arrested? Do you think his Steelers career is over? Three words, I think. Pull your head in. Four words. <laughs> that's, that's, look, that's all I'm saying on the idea. Pull your head in, right or wrong, wrong or right, left or right, whatever. I don't know enough. I'm too far away. I don't really want to make any comments because he could come back. He might not come back. I don't know the full story. I heard it yesterday. It's a big thing now, a lot of drama in the Steelers. Just get your, get your mind together. I hope everything Would you cut right. him? Would you cut him after some of the stuff that was released? Did you see some of the the sound no. bites? Dave Schofield shared it in the in the BTC Slack channel. The this stuff Lane was saying in the car, the cops, and I was just like, <laughs> I'm not paid enough like Barry to sit on the sidelines and enjoy the game, so I can't make that decision. I would just say if you did it wrong or right, just pull your head in and yeah, everyone makes mistakes. Whatever you did, right? But. I, I don't know. I, I I can't give an answer. I'm sorry, guys. I, I reckon I reckon he's gone. I, I agree with what Gary Chandler there on the Facebook side says. The Roonies won't keep troublemakers. I completely agree. Also, he isn't doing anything anyway. The only thing going for him is that he's on his rookie contract. That's yep. that's from my perspective. Shield91 throws $2 in the tip chart. Thank you very much, Shield. Shield's a... Great fan of mine on Twitter too, or, or great mate of ours and a great mate of the show and, um, you know, loves to throw in his thoughts and, and we really appreciate them. He's just saying, just saying, hey, and hope you have a good week. We think that's everyone else, you know, across that's listening right now, whether you're listening live or listening back to us on the, po- on the podcast side, have a good week. Enjoy this week as well. You know, this week, it's going to be really exciting. You're going to see people move up and down draft boards. You're going to see speculation galore. You know, everyone will have some sort of hot take. If you're watching anything with Mel Kuyper, you know he's not going to get most of his picks right, so maybe listen to someone else. (laughs) But you know what? Mark and I will be coming to you at different points throughout the draft process. Um, We're going to be, you know, we won't have a show next week because it'll be day three by that stage. Um, and it'll be pretty exciting there. Um, but we'll join you a week after, um, you know, and that will be awesome in itself. And we'll have all these picks to talk about, but Mark, can you believe it? We're, we're almost there. We're almost at that finish line. Yeah. We, we need to get there fast because yeah, what you said, Mel Kuyper's got about his mock draft is about 33 at the moment. Uh, mock draft where he's got trades going galore. And, you know, they, once these guys have their, their draft day, you never hear from them again. No, so so Kuyper's going, Kuyper's going crazy with his mock drafts, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see who we pick. And we got guys, we've got a lot of shows on behind the silk curtain. Keep up to date with us. We have a lot of lot of shows. And just to close it out, George Teston says throws in another five dollars into the into the tip jar. So thank you very much, George. He said this is for my brother Tony. He passed away Wednesday. From all of us on um, from behind the silk curtain, we can just say sorry to hear that, mate. Um, really sorry to hear that. Very tough time as well for you going through that, you know, and you can very much, we can dedicate this one to a, to a, you know, a brother of one of our BTSC family. We all need to pull together um, around our BTSC family at times and, and when, when it's needed. So yeah, our thoughts are thoughts and prayers are with you there, mate. But with that, that closes out this week's Steelers touchdown under. Mark. Go Steelers. <laughs>